0: i
1: the key line to that song is, I open up my soul, you know, there's more in Christ, but we have to open up our soul to receive what he has for us, because he is a God of more. We're going to introduce a new one today, it's called Abide, and as we do this one, um, the chorus you're going to see is more like a prayer, and I hope you make that your prayer this morning, uh, that you want to abide in Christ, abiding, abiding in him and in his all we need. Uh, Amen. Help us, God, to live our lives as living sacrifices to you, Lord. Holy and acceptable, Lord, which is our reasonable service, our worship to you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give ourselves to you, God, surrendering all that we are, God, for your will, for your purposes, for your glory. And knowing that when we place our life in your hands, God, it's in good hands. It's in good hands, God. And we thank you for that. Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: Sometimes we forget what a uh, what a gift it, ha- it is to have a, uh, a wonderful worship team. And uh, Lisa and these gals are a gift to the church, I will tell you that. Thank you so much. Uh, you can turn to Matthew, the fifth chapter. We'll, we'll continue in the Beatitudes today. Um, so... When I came to the Lord, I figured it out. So if you've been in this church 40 years, and you've heard three messages a week, you're at about 6,000. Okay? So if you're in the ministry, and you're hearing it all the time, George and Bev, and us, you go to conferences, and you're hearing a little more, Bible College, Nine months of the year, five chapel services a week. You're probably six or seven hundred into that. Count, when I was a district official, I would travel, have to promote college ministries. I was a college pastor, stand in front of preachers. What a great audience that is. Anyway, you're standing in front of them. Talk about hardheads. Um, forgive me, I can talk to someone. am So then you'd sit down and hear a message in the morning, message in the afternoon, message in the evening. Message next morning. I traveled to the next district council. Message in the morning. So I probably heard. I was thinking about it last night. Now that's not counting the day and age of podcasts. Because you can get anybody you want right now, spin online, and that best guy with his best message is there. And then the Sunday morning pastor has to compare with the best guy with his best message. And you're going, boy, my, that guy's better than my preacher. Why, well, he's preaching it one time a hundred times, folks. Believe me. He ought to be good at that message. Uh, so what you're hearing on TV sometimes is, is they've preached that in front of the camera before. I'm not dismissing a TV minister. I'm not. Those guys do a incredible job. Some of those men are incredible. Uh, but in my lifetime, I probably heard about 14,000 messages. That's a lot. Um, it's a lot of word. Glenda, I just hope well, I obey the 14,000 I've heard. You know, I may mean, hope I live it. But I probably, and I was telling Lisa this this morning, we were talking before church. I probably have heard maybe two messages from this passage. I tried to remember and you know what? We don't talk about peacemaking in church. Maybe because we want to get a little conflict. We like a little war in our midst. But it's amazing that you don't hear these I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to combine mercy and peace this morning. I'm going to combine Matthew 7 at matthew 5 7 and 9 so let's read matthew 5 7 if you're there It says blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy We need that Verse 9 because we did pure and hard a few weeks ago. I'm going to combine mercy and peace because they kind of go together Blessed are the peacemakers For they will be called the children of god bless your word Bless the reading of your word and your hearers. May it be applicable to our life. May we leave here and be able to take something that's said today, work it through our week, and may we serve you with valiant, Valiantly serve you, Lord, with honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, So I'm sitting in my office. I'm probably 23. That was a good bill too, George. This one's a good, but 23-year-old Bill is good too. He's a nice guy. So I'm sitting in my office and... uh, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I had just got through going to the high school and eating lunch with some of our high school seniors at East Central High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, Foster Middle School was right across from the church. So I'm sitting there at two o'clock and I come back to the office. The secretary says, hey, uh, Ben's here. That's not his name. But she says, Ben's here. And I'm going, what? He should be in school. Why well, no? Take care of it. Okay, uh, so I walk in. He's sitting there. I said, "What are you doing?" He said, "I just left school. Just wanted to come hang out." This isn't a place to hang out, young man. We got Wednesday night church. We got Wednesday night youth service for that. Yeah, but I wanted to hang out immediately. I knew. I just knew. Sometimes, you, whether you whether you are serving God or not serving God, I knew that it was God dealing with me. But sometimes people just have an. There are some people that have better intuition than others. Most of us would be, say, that would be led of the Holy Spirit. Uh, But I've met people that don't know God that have great intuition. That's not saying they're led of the Spirit. They just have natural wisdom. And don't dismiss that in your life. Be careful. So, because I've had unsaved men tell me some things and saved my skin in some business dealings. I can promise you that. All truth's God's truth. So when he started talking to me, I knew immediately it's the sickest feeling you get as a pastor or a person. It's sick. So he's, I said, what are you doing here? He said, well, I just want to come hang out. And I went, uh-oh. I went, why are you here? And he went, well, I just wanted to come talk to you. And I, I just, I can't tell you what it was. You'll know it when, you, when it happens to you. I just Sometimes God just downloads it's like computer, he just downloads stuff and you just know. And I went, I said, has somebody been doing something to you that they shouldn't do? I just knew it in a minute, I, I'm just feeling you have. And he started crying, and I'm going, God help me, because I knew it was his uncle. And I thought something was going on, and I didn't, I, I just, you can't, you can't pull the trigger unless you got the gun loaded. Excuse me, it's an old West Virginia term. But so, I said, "Is your uncle doing wrong things to you?" He just broke down in tears. I said, "I'll be right back," because my pastor. You ever see the flag for Iwo Jima? You know I'm talking about the flag. He was the crew that went in before the flag. He's a tough guy. His marine His marine group was the group that went in before the guys that raised the flag. So he's had a lot of war. His wife would tell me he'd wake up when he came back from the war and he would be beside the bed dressed like this because he just, you know, we didn't know it was called, you know, war. He he just, she said he'd been through so many battles, but God had saved him. He was an oil man that was a millionaire. He became our pastor. Incredible guy. J.W. Ellsworth. I owe a lot of who I am to him. I love him. He's since passed. But I said, Brother Ellsworth, I got a challenge in the office. Johnny and he went. Stay right here. <laughs> he went down, he took Johnny, found his uncle, got him arrested. He just had a lot of lot of spin in the neighborhood. You're of this guy. He took he took this young man in his home, made sure he got a college degree, graduated from college and he's doing well. You know what that's called? It's called mercy. And see, the Bill Snyder wanted to have war. I did not want to be a peacemaker. I wanted to go take his uncle behind the woodshed and say, I'll show you what abuse is. Because that was me. My pastor showed me what was mercy is and what justice was. If you, you know, Romans, if you if you go according to the sword, then you'll have to pay for the sword. You know, we have justice in this country. But the Bible says that blessed are the merciful. Do, 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 did, I, did I ask you to put Lamentations 3.22 on there? In the KJV? It is the Lord's mercy. This is a great passage. That we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They never fail. So justice is getting what we deserve. Now, his uncle got what he deserved. Years, years in prison. Mercy is getting what we Not getting what we deserve and of course grace is getting what we don't deserve It's interesting I was looking the reason people use greek a lot isn't because they're trying to be smart It's that a lot of words in greek and english don't translate very well And the bible was written the new testament in the original language greek So the word greek has its root word in in hebrew and it means Mercy means getting inside somebody's skin That sound like Jesus because God sent him. Jesus was God in the flesh, walked among us, showed us how to live. He saw, he felt things that we do. He was fully God yet fully man. He was a perfect God man. He came and identified with us. When you say you have mercy for someone, it means you identify with them. David sins with Bathsheba, terrible the king. But Nathan comes and says, you're the man. I know your sin. And if you ever read Psalm 51, second Samuel 12 talks about that story. If you want to go home and read it. But if you read second Samuel 12 about David, you better read Psalm 51 and see how he repented. And his heart came back to God. And he said, I've sinned. I've done wrong. God have mercy on me. We've got a generation that doesn't think they need mercy because they're defiant and look up and say, I will do what I want to do. There will come a day when you will need mercy. If you do not show mercy and execute mercy, you probably won't have that shown to you in life. It's a terrible thing not to forgive. It's a terrible thing to withhold forgiveness and mercy from people. As Christians, if you're here and you're a believer and you love Jesus, you should never do that. Because the Bible says that those that when, you, when, you, when you hold forgiveness, that forgiveness will be hold with you. That's why it says that we have to be people of forgiveness. The challenge is, the challenge for us in mercy is, it's hard to give it, I think, the younger people are. So... Let's say my granddaughter, some man raped her. I put myself, I'm I'm going worst case scenario because for me, I can't think of anything worse than that. The abuse of a child. If I had three lives, I've said this a lot to you, three lives. One, I'm doing what God called me to do right here. Number two, I'd help the urban core. We do that with what we do. And number three, I would spend the entirety of my life destroying the scourge that is human trafficking i would spend my whole life doing that because it is a terrible terrible scourge but for me to show mercy I, i i put yourself in the worst case situation and then say god can we show mercy what the beatitudes do matthew 5 it puts self-examination on us. Are you a peacemaker? Are you going to be righteous with Christ? Are you going to be pure in heart? Are you going to show mercy? It, it's really when you read those first 11 or 12 verses, it's like God is putting a scope on you and saying, let me put a self-examination on you and let me see your test. Because the litmus test for us as Christians, are we trying to live like Christ? Yeah. Amen. Blessed are the merciful. They shall obtain mercy, but I believe to show mercy, you must be a person that has peace in your life. We live in a world that kind of they run. When you watch, if you ever watch television, we it's it's called they they do they do a, a short program. Like you're watching a program, it'll be like 12 to 9 minutes, and then they'll do a minute of commercials. They want to keep it going, and that. Is very typical of America. They keep busy and they keep going. And they don't take time to stop and think where their life is going. They just go. So we've got a lot of things directing this generation. We've got music. We've got media. We've got sound bites. We've got personalities that drive what's going on, even in the church. The worst, our worship basically comes from about three or four churches in America, in the church. In the Christian church, I'm I'm not going there today, but I'm saying be careful what's driving you. Be careful what's motivating you. I believe you can have to be a biblical peacemaker. You have to have peace. The Bible says this. It says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. Peacemaking is trying to create wholeness and harmony within people. I'm going to say it again. Peacemaking is trying to create wholeness and harmony between people. I I went to over 40 sites looking for peacemaker. 40 sites. I was spanning. I was gone. I was looking all over the place for this. Where are we going to go with this? Are we going to be peacemakers or not? So these are the traits that I found of a peacemaker. I knew the first one and what it would be. I knew it. Are you willing to show mercy? Peacemakers show mercy. Are you willing to be gentle? Remember we talked about blessed are the meek? Blessed are the gentle because they are willing to show empathy. Because many times when something happens to us, we don't want to make peace. We want to immediately say, I want to get this thing right. I want to do it. Peacemaking is a whole different deal altogether because you can't be yourself centric. You have to be other centric. You have to have a propensity for truth. Where peace is falls down many times in conflict resolve is that one party of the other party doesn't understand each other. I think we understand that we're not at peace with God if we don't say that Jesus is Lord. We had that in Sunday school this morning. What gives us peace with God is we surrender our life to Christ and say, Your Lord, guide me, use me, help me to see the truth. Yeah. The, the challenge is with no peace is, That we don't surrender to Christ. If you're not surrendered to Christ and you're a Christian, peace won't be there. The other thing is, is peacemakers are reflective, not reactive. They're not knee-jerk people. The two kinds of people that fail in the world, I can tell you what they are. Those that think and never do, and those that do and never think. Balance it out, I promise you. And that's when people get Knee jerk, they wanna, uh, this is me, this is my time, you know, and, and, it, and it's ourself, and we, we get selfish, and we wanna defend, and we, and, and I'm not saying I wouldn't defend my granddaughters, I'm not saying I won't defend my wife, but I'm saying there are times that you just seem to say, God, pause for a minute, God, help me to reflect on how you would work in this situation, how biblically to work through this. Sometimes it's difficult to not be reflective. It's easy to be reactive. I'll tell you another thing a peacemaker does. They surrender their ego. Because it's not about you. It's about God. And it's about the kingdom. Because remember who your assignment is by. Your assignment is not to you. Your assignment is through the king. Our assignment is the king. To live for the king. I think the last thing a peacemaker does, and it's the most probably one of the most important things, is he's patient. Sometimes you have to be patient with these things. It's hard to be a peacemaker without showing mercy. I want to consider 2 Corinthians 5 in this. Could you show that? Paul the Apostle talks about the ministry of reconciliation. If you want to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 5, I think you should mark this passage. This is a great one. It says this. You know what? Sometimes we don't I remember pastoring uh, the church in Orlando. And I would uh, I told you this before I would say, hey, let's turn to this passage. And uh, we hadn't put it on the board yet. And I didn't listen for that noise because I read it and nobody was there yet. And I had a lot of young Christians in the audience. And I realized that I needed to give them time to get there. Because there's something good about reading God's word together. Do you know that? Yeah. It's 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 okay if you get it on your phone. I'm not I'm not against the phone, and God's not going to strike you dead if you look at the scripture on the phone. These like, are you got to have the why. I'm saying, but I but I do believe this. It's good to turn the pages and look at God's word and read it. Uh, let's look at verse uh, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. The new creature has come. The old, this is what we don't get a lot. The old one is gone and the new is here. All this is from George, Wendy. All this is from God. We get new creation from God. If you're a new creation from anything else, you're not a new creation. Our creation comes from God. He is Alpha and Omega, beginning, end. All things come from God. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Buddha. No, excuse me. He is rec... No. Look at this. A lot of people are reading in the Bible what shouldn't be there. All this is from God who has reconciled us through Christ and gave us, and gave us, given us the ministry of reconciliation. That God... Was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. It talks about being ambassadors in Christ. I want to tie this into us. I believe... That our ministry is to reconcile people To God and I believe our ministry Is to be peacemakers It did not say you had the ministry Of condemnation It didn't say you had the ministry of anger It didn't say you had the ministry of confusion It didn't say you had the ministry of gossip It didn't say you had the ministry of anger It says you have the ministry Of reconciliation What ministry do you have? What's your ministry? For sure a part of all of our ministries in service to Christ should be the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. Pulling people to God. And peacemakers, I've learned this, are active, they're not passive. Jesus, in an act of love, here Judas is going to betray him. And he knows it. And what does he still do? Still washes his feet. An act of love. Still, maybe that Judas would repent and. But that did not happen. But Jesus did an act of love. People by nature are contentious. I know that. They have Some people have never met an argument they don't like. You know what I mean? They just love a good debate. They love it. But I hope today, my hope is for our church, and I see this in us. And I, When I came here a month ago, I noticed something. There wasn't contention. There wasn't arguing. There wasn't bickering. But what drew us to this church was the love. And I pray that as God brings us new person after new family, that they will see that love and they will grow with us together in love because this is a great community. And I'm thankful that this community chooses love and peace instead of hate, instead of bickering, instead of contentiousness, instead of unforgiveness. We choose love. Amen? Amen. 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 What's the opposite of love? A lot of people think it's hate. You know what I believe it is? I believe it's apathy. I don't believe it's hate. I believe God cared. He got angry. He loved the children of Israel. He was jealous for their love. I think if you don't love someone, you just walk away and say, I don't care. I believe we need to love people. God was angry at his children. He cared. Resentment, but still showed mercy. Some people in the world can't live without anger. They can't live without war. They can't live without drama. I've met people like that. Let us pledge today before God That we're going to be people of peace. That we're going to be people that build bridges. We're going to be people that have the water. And not the gasoline in our hands. That we don't throw the gas on the bridge and burn it. But we help people walk over. And we have traits of mercy. We have traits where we're patient. We have traits in our life. We're reflective and not reactive. That we become peacemakers for God. That God gives us the ability. When we see war in the sense of conflict in people's lives, that God gives us the ability to make peace, because that's what the Bible says: "Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy." Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Uh, I was at a—would uh, you call it a worship venue—with Stephen Curtis Chapman. He's a Christian singer. Um, uh, it was in uh, 2006. We were in Lakeland, Florida. God, please give us Lakeland, Florida weather for the next month. Anyway, no, I'm just, but, uh, but uh, we were in Lakeland, Florida and uh, he had, uh, he is doing a tour about uh, uh, the Akua Indian or a tribe that's in Ecuador. Uh, the famous story is Jim Elliott. The missionary went there with a group of 10 people. If you don't know the story, he was, uh, he went there as a missionary. The group was hideously slaughtered and martyred on the beach, uh, The book is, and if you want to read a good book, it's called Through the Gates of Splendor. His wife, Elizabeth Elliott, who Wendy and I have heard speak many times. Elizabeth Elliot wrote the book Through Gates of Splendor. It's about Jim's life. Incredible book. She's an incredible speaker and a great woman. Uh, The pilot of that, uh, uh, his name was Spear. So the movie was called The Tip of the Spear. So Steve, his son, was a missionary back to that island. So it's one of the greatest things I've seen in a long time. So he starts speaking about the movie. They're promoting the movie. You know, they're doing a tour and promoting the movie. And he said, I want you to meet somebody. So this little guy walks out, this little dark, complected guy. I'm going, what is this, a joke? I really, I don't know. You know, I'm just, my, my mind spins differently than yours does. I don't know what's going to happen. So, uh, and you know what he said? People of earth. It's interpreting. Jesus is my Lord. Thank you for being here tonight. This was the guy that murdered his dad. That savagely destroyed and killed his father and all those other men. Steve went back as a missionary and led the person that slaughtered his dad to Jesus. Now that's a peacemaker and that's mercy, isn't it? Would to God that we have that kind of mercy and that kind of peace in our life. Amen? Hey, let's do this. Let's be God's people of mercy. Let's build bridges to people and not tear them down. You know, like builders would know this. You can take 10 years and build a building and that bulldozer will do it in a day. You know what I mean? You can see these buildings like in Vegas. We're going to blow up that casino because we need more money and bigger and better. So implode that building. If you've ever seen it, it is an incredible sight. Just stay back so the dust doesn't get you. But you can see that building go down. It takes them a year and a half to put it up and they're done in one day. Don't be the one day Christian. Don't be the person that takes one day and destroys a relationship. Take time and build it. Be the peacemaker. Be the bridge maker. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Thank you, Father. I want you to know two things. Number one, Jesus heals the sick. Amen. Amen. This church believes that you can go down the street, everyone to go this church. As long as this guy is here, will never stop believing that God doesn't heal the sick. Uh, I also believe that Jesus saves. Hear me real clear on this. Look here real clear. God doesn't have grandchildren just because your parents grew up in this church. It doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you you sat in McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger. Okay, he's he's up here. I'm telling you, we all, every one of us, need our own experience in Jesus. I want to pray with you. Say, dear Father, Father, forgive me me of my sins. sins. I accept Christ. I accept his work on the cross. cross. Help Help me to live for you. Help me to walk with you. Help me to be a peacemaker and a person of mercy. Jesus, I love you today. And thank you, this is your day. Help me to serve you in it. Amen. Let me pray with you before you leave. Father, I thank you that you are the God of peace. That right now, if if people are here and they don't know you, Father... I want to say something else to you. And I've said this and I'll say it a lot because these altars are open. If you want to come spend time up here, the altar represents a place of mercy. The altar represents a place of laying down your burden. The altar represents a place where we can come before God. If you want to pray after service before you can come, these altars are open for you. If you want to come here and pray, I'll steady you're done. Because we believe that the place of the altar is the place you lay your burden down. And it's okay. It's okay. Let me pray for you. If you want to spend time up here in prayer, you have that anytime. time. We will go out there and talk. We will not interrupt your praying. Father, I thank you today that you hear us, God. I believe you have a church. as a church of healing, a church of love, and a church of forgiveness. God, bring us people that are hurting. Bring us people that don't know you. Bring us the sick because this is your hospital, God. This is where we believe Jesus went about doing good, healing all those that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. You are with us because you're in us. And we want this church to be a church that has the ministry of reconciliation because you told us to. Bless this congregation. May they have a wonderful week. Supply their financial needs. May we always, always build a bridge to people and be peacemakers and mercy givers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, Wendy, would you pray with Tommy real quick? Would you pray with him?